Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Garoppolo. Thrown down. Brian Burns gets there. Spider-Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Yes, welcome to another edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan and the Panthers' all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. You can catch us each week here on the Believe Podcast Network and, of course, the video version on Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel. Lots to get to. Uh, the, this is the one after Super Bowl 58. We won't necessarily get into the nuts and bolts of what happened during the game because it was two days ago, but there's a couple things from the game that I think we can kind of uh discuss and um one of the things i wanted to get into was the actual uh travis kelsey andy reed bump on the sideline bit because i have the luxury of having two gentlemen with me that have actually played organized sports before so i've been getting into uh social media debates about this all day yesterday and there was one thing i realized at the end of the night uh that kind of struck me as being a little odd so uh i'll get i'll get these guys um ideas about that here in just a bit uh the usher halftime show where do you rank it all time i thought it was actually pretty good um a couple parts that he might have been able to do without uh we'll we'll get into that as well um and this the chiefs is this a dynasty at this point they won three super bowls in the past five years um they seem to believe it is i think they may very well be right and who's going to stop it uh going forward so we'll get into all of that and more excuse me, in just a bit. But before we do that, a word from our sponsors over at Bet Online. With the Super Bowl over and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's most, the best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get in action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And again, I want to start off with the uh the whole what was it, i guess second quarter or so uh the game was kind of uh a rock fight for most of it till about the fourth quarter and into the overtime period um like frustrated a frustrated travis kelsey runs over to andy reed and screams something in his face his momentum bumps the guy um i didn't see a whole lot of people talking about this honestly on tv yesterday which was kind of surprising i did however see a lot of this conversation on social media and my feed in particular where people were they were passing around this like post that somebody had typed out or whatever about how we shouldn't automatically look for dirt on people and enjoy the good stuff and all this blah 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 that's nothing to do with what happened <laughs> it literally has nothing to do with what happened so i wanted to get my guy's opinion on this because skylar you've played organized football Stu, obviously you've played organized football has that ever happened to you on a sideline where you've seen a player uh, bump a, a coach or get in their face to that degree? And what happened to that player when uh, <laughs> when that happened? Because that 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 to me is the thing that's blowing my mind that everyone's just like, oh, he's human. Humans make mistakes. Of course they do. But that doesn't mean you get to make them and then there's no repercussion for it. So, um, Skylar, I'm going to start off with you first. 
Have you in your playing career? Did you ever see a player? Did you ever see a player do something? Was it you? <laughs> did something to this effect? And if so, what happened? I was I was a pretty feisty player. Um, I I kind of wore my emotions on my sleeve, <laughs> probably more than I should have. But um, I never got that heated with a coach. I've got into it with a coach before, but not to that level. I have had though two experiences where one of my teammates got pretty involved and and had some some feisty things to say. Um, I never came to to a point where he got shoved or anything like that, but. This is kind of speaks to, I guess, the situation. Like one of the kids that it happened, it was back in, I think, maybe my middle school days. And player was kind of like a no, no name player, just kind of, you know, was upset that he wasn't playing, so on and so forth. Well, it happened in like the third quarter of a game. We were getting blown out. And, uh, well, he never saw the field the rest of the season. Now, there was only two or three games left, but when you do something like that and you're a player that's not playing a whole bunch, you're not really helping your cause, your cause. Um, <laughs> the other one I believe was my freshman year. I, again, I can't remember, but um, one of the better players on the team running back, he did it. He got a little bit of a chewing on the sideline. He was right back out there. So like, I, and I think that's kind of the narrative. I mean, maybe more so at the lo- at the lower levels. I don't obviously have that NFL experience like Stu has, mm-hmm. but I think in in Travis Kelsey's situation, had that happened during the season, it might be a little different. It's the Super Bowl. You need your best players out there, and I think the frustration it just it just boils over. And I think for Andy Reid, he understands. Like, look, he's pissed off. I'm pissed off too. We've just got to, to move on. And I, I I think a lot of people are blowing it out of proportion. Is it something he should have done? No. But um, I think it would have been handled probably a little bit differently if it wasn't the Super Bowl. Stu? Because I, I honestly have no idea where you're going to go with this one. Because for me, I feel like you could go either way. Like, I really have no idea your take on this. Um, after you saw it, uh, what was your reaction? And has that happened to you? Have Was it you? <laughs> have you done that before on a sideline with a coach? At, or have you seen a, a teammate do it and – what happened to that player when uh, when I happened? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, kids, um, rule of thumb in professional organized football or any sport of that matter, you are not to go up to your head coach, an elder at that, and bump him and scream off the top of your lungs how you feel about what's going on in the game. The man's 65. <laughs> um, you know, and and obviously, this is an emotional game. This isn't a playoff game. This isn't a preseason game. This isn't practice. This isn't a regular season game. It's the Super Bowl. So your emotions are running high. And, you know, a player like Travis Kelsey, um, he's a Hall of Famer. He's, he's the greatest tight end of all time. It doesn't excuse you for acting the way you act. Um, Part of the reason why you are one of the greatest is because you have shown to carry yourself in a manner that is respectful to others, um, given any circumstance, um, to whom much is given, much is required. And, you know, I think that is something that um, absolutely needs to be registered. Um, You know, as far as, 
you know, what is expected from a guy of his stature from any athlete at any level. Um, you don't ever go up to, you know, your coach. Um, you can you can express how you feel because, I mean, at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's what this is all about, right? Like, we have the freedom of speech, but you don't got the freedom of any physical altercation. Put your paws on him, yeah. Put your paws on him. You can't, you know, bump a guy. Because, I mean, if this, if, if Andy Reid wasn't, you know, I'm pretty sure Andy's in the 320 range. Um, yeah. You know, and so if he wasn't 320 pounds, if he was, if he was Skyler size, you know, Skyler would have been on the floor. And that would have been a whole different part of this discussion. But he wobbled. He wobbled. He didn't fall yeah. down. He wobbled. He was like, hey. He called it a cheap shot. <laughs> so <laughs> just think about it this way. Could you imagine, like, I don't even know, like Sam Laporta coming up and doing that to Dan Campbell? He might have bounced off of Dan Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan Campbell, he might have hit him back. Who knows? I'm my Okay, so I've had a day to absorb this and see what was going on online. And – uh Honestly, I didn't even think I was gonna have to use this. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we messed up. I'm gonna tell you why we messed up. I've noticed an underlying theme here where every single person I saw that posted what I saw about, you know, don't go after Travis Kelsey, blah, blah, blah. They were all female. There wasn't a single male. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hear it from the Swifties after this. But we've been defending her for like hey, a month or so. Okay. Hey man, listen. I'm, 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 I'm tippy toeing like before you say what you before you about to say what you're gonna say. Let me give my let me give my plea. <laughs> I have nothing. To deal with whatever Desmond's about to say <laughs> about y'all Swifties. Taylor it's not Swift, about them. It's not about, it's not about them. Let's rock till we rock. I hope you come out a new album. My daughter loves you. Now go uh, but, on. I know, but I noticed it was the same ones that I saw a day or two earlier. They were like, I just got my new uh, Super Bowl gear. And it'd be like a sweatshirt that says, uh, I'm a fan of Taylor Swift's boyfriend or something like that. And I'm like, okay, all that's fine. We've said all that's fine. Just brought new eyeballs to the sport brought young kids to the sport that may have not, normally not watched the NFL. All this is fine. I have no problem with Taylor Swift being in the games or them showing her or any of that stuff. I did have a problem with this, though, when people were like, um, it's okay. Well, not necessarily it was okay, but that, yes, he was wrong, but he, he's a human and humans make mistakes and things of that sort. It felt like he was getting a pass because he's, he's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. And that's where I landed on. Because let me ask you guys this. If Fred Warner had done that to Kyle Shanahan in that same part of the game, what would the the public reaction have been? It'd be a different narrative, that's for sure. Completely, oh, yeah. completely, yeah. and you can't ignore it. And every time I've asked that question online, people ignore it. <laughs> they ignore yeah. that part of the I question. Think, I think what's happening right now is, you know, it's it's all emotions. Everyone's having their own emotions, mm-hmm. and you know, Travis was wrong. Period. Shouldn't have done it. It, it didn't help. It. it didn't help that Andy Reid diffused it now, in the game. With the, and I think, the but I think at the end of the day, you know, the magnitude of what's important in the society, the reality is that this was a Super Bowl. Now, how things played out, if they would have lost, nah. I think this would have this would have been part of another discussion. Well, where, oh man, the Chiefs are falling apart. Andy Reid can't control his players. Travis Kelsey's a spoiled little boy, or whatever. Like, but that, but he just did it last week. And not to say that Travis Kelsey is a spoiled, spoiled little boy. Um, he's a grown man, and he shows that every day. 
when he puts some pads on. So, um, but I think the narratives will change, you know, given the outcome and the, the, the subject and the matter and the money about what happened on Sunday is about the Super Bowl. And so the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So the narrative and the talk (laughs) and, and what people are going to point people towards is the money. We need to celebrate the Chiefs now. Okay. So if you want to talk about Travis Kelsey, we not about that because we bought this we bought this money, right? But they've so, been talking about him all year. <laughs> That's my point. So like they, they we, literally focused on this man and his private life all year. And he actually does something at work that you're that's frowned upon, and everyone just raises just like lifts their hands from it. Like we didn't see I'm that. Just, I just I just told you why, man. Just get, <laughs> just, the, the reason why is because ain't nobody got time for that. That's they really that's don't. really no they one has play. time to talk about Travis Kelsey and his coach um, having an altercation on the sideline that ultimately didn't matter because now they're both happy with the Super Bowl. They laugh. Like, they laugh that in the post game, like together. They're like, "Ha, ah, geez, guys, ha, 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 ha." All now, time, he's would have lost. Now, if they would have lost, <laughs> it would have been, yeah, Travis. We're gonna have some words. We're gonna have some words, Travis. Let me shift. Let me shift gears a little bit then, and actually get to the actual. Uh, the 49ers for starters. I wonder if they call him TK. That'd be a nice little nickname. Uh, I thought it was uh, Maato. Isn't that his name? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maato. Um, who would you rather have as a head coach right now? Well, not right now, but in their peak. Kyle Shanahan or Mike Martz? Or who? Mike Martz. The former coach of the Rams. During, he took over after uh, Dick Vermeil retired. They, they got to a Super Bowl in 01. I mean, I think Marshall Faulkner, I think Kurt Warren was I'll recency bias because I, that was probably before my time of actually knowing football. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to catch a lot of flack this offseason because it seems like it's been year after year after year that the 49ers are either in the Super Bowl or in the NFC Championship and they just can't break through. And you look at a large part of that window that they've had, they didn't really have – healthy quarterback play. Jimmy Garoppolo was in and out constantly. They finally get Brock Purdy last year, and then guess what happens? They lose all their quarterbacks to injury. They're playing the NFC Championship without a quarterback. Yeah. This year, they finally get there. They get to the Super Bowl, and they run into Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I, th- I think I saw in his three Super Bowl appearances, he's faced Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady when he was with the Falcons. <laughs> I mean – Let's be honest. How many guys are going to win a Super Bowl when you go up against those three? And and look, you're going to face those types of guys when you get there. But I I think Kyle Shanahan is a hell of a coach, and he's going to get himself a Super Bowl ring. It's just it's just a matter of time. I mean, he's had a lot of things that have won against him. Now they're going to go through some changes this offseason. Like we've already seen some stuff out there about Brandon Ayuk and a lot of you know George is George Kittle kind of on the downside of his career. Like who knows. I don't know, but they're going to be fine. They're going to be back in it next year. I actually think they're they're probably my way too early NFC favorite, um, and that's not just because they got to the Super Bowl, but I think they're they're going to be the head and shoulders favorite, in my opinion. Yeah, they're still stacked. Like I'm sitting there trying to think yeah, of they might, uh, anything like, that anything that people have to say about the 49ers, um, as far as being a bust or whatever. Mm-hmm. Listen, 
You're, I mean, they had the game you're one. in your feelings <laughs> right now, which you should be. You should be salty because y'all just lost the Super Bowl, but you made it to the Super Bowl. Not everybody else made it to the Super Bowl. But to that point, they're stacked. Yeah. Um, Both you know, I, I think the turning point of the game was the muff punt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, like, Super Bowls are all about who's going to show up that day. You know, I feel like San Francisco made a lot of great plays. They made a lot of good um, special teams play. I mean, the receiver, number 84, um, what's his last name? Con- uh, Conley. 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 Yeah. I mean, he oh, was yeah, down, he just running. He was yeah. the first one down there on every punt, smacking a guy. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they were out there making plays, turnovers, like, you know, coming up with, you know, big plays on defense and, you know, but when it comes to pivotal moments in a game like this, that muff punt, that was a that was a shifter. Whenever yeah. you have a special teams play go wrong, that's the reason why they say special teams be special. We need you to be special because not like a lot of times these games are determined by something happening on special teams, whether it's <clears throat> you know a missed extra point. A mixed, a missed field goal kick, a muffed punt, a blocked punt. So like a blocked field goal kick. There's just so many things um, that can transform a game, and I think that's what really happened to you know the Niners there. And then obviously too, you know, one of my keys to victory for them was to run the freaking ball. Like this was a game where C Mac should have had. 20 carries before the like before the fourth quarter. He had 30 touches, I believe. 30 plus touches overall. <laughs> I think he had I think he finished with 22 Touch. carries or something, seven catches. He's, he like finished he finished with 22 carries, but there's it's the Super Bowl, bro. Yeah, they went away from him. They went away <laughs> you know from what I'm saying? like this is who you're this is this is what got y'all to where y'all are. I don't care what you, he's the offensive player of the year for a reason. Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> like that one drive where they actually fed him what four times maybe mm-hmm. on the run, he, um, I mean that was that was the drive. That's what you could have been doing the whole entire time if you just stick with it, right? And I think sometimes when you get you know offensive coordinator that's so he's definitely blessed, right? Like he's gifted in the sense of how he can call plays and how he you know gets guys moving around, like. Don't go tit for tat in a situation like this. That's we Don't, see teams do that against Mahomes and I, all the and time. I, and it always and I can't stand it. Like you're not you're here to win a Super Bowl, not to yeah. prove a point. Yep. Like we get it. Like, you know, all the talk about, you know, your quarterback and all the talk about, you know, who's the better offensive mind and all this stuff. Like right now you're sitting, you know, there thinking to yourself, man. I wish we could have did this better. I wish we could have did that better. And I've been a part of that. I've been on that side. I've been on that side of, man, if we could have just did this, man, if we could have just stuck to this plan, if we could have just changed the protection on this, there's so many things of woulda, coulda, shoulda that you just go back and say, man, now we can't. We can't do anything about it. There's um, there's one part of it that I that I actually do like, and this is kind of very controversial too. 
the whole decision to take the ball first in overtime. I actually like yeah. it. I was going to bring that up. I was going to ask that question to you guys because it, it almost felt like San Francisco. I don't. It felt like some of the players didn't know the rules, the new rules to overtime. Because with the new yeah. rules, it almost feels like it benefits you to to defer instead of taking not necessarily. Right? I mean, like, I mean, here, it, just, it, it depends like. on your mindset, right? Like, it for me. Like, yeah, if you go down and score, then, yeah, the other team knows they have four downs the whole way down the field. But the thing is, say San Francisco doesn't even move past the 50. Is Kansas City going to go for it on fourth? And uh, If they punt the ball away and they get it at their own 20, are they going to go three and out and go for it on fourth down? No, it's gonna, they're going to punt. So it's not necessarily that they're going to get four downs every time. That's only if you score. But by scoring, you also put the pressure on them to have to go all the way down the field. You have no idea. There could be a botched snap, a, a fumble, a pick. That there's a lot of things that go into it. That's why I don't mind going for it or taking the ball first. Because and then too, like Shanahan was saying, if you go down and score, the other team comes back and matches it, you have a chance to go end the game. True. Yeah. So I I get the whole you've got four downs, but that's only if you make it a field goal or touchdown on that opening drive. If not. Kansas City's going to do the same thing if they get stopped. They're going to pump the ball back to you. But the reverse of that could be if they deferred, you're putting the power into your defense that's played well all night. And if they can just stop them from scoring completely, all you got to do is go down, kick a field goal, and you win the game, right? Because yeah, they weren't possession. I don't think it's necessarily a wrong way to go about it. Like I think it's it's pretty damn fair. It's all about the DNA and the momentum of the game. So, like, if your defense is playing really well, which both defenses were. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they really were. Um, to the you know for the most part, and so my my mindset would be, hey, look, defense, go out there and stop them, make it easy on our offense. Period. That that's that's the way I would go about it. Um, then you have an offensive mind that's like, nah, we're gonna go out there and set the tone. They're gonna have to play catch up. You know what I'm saying? So. And you that, can that see both sides if that's the case. Yeah, and that last Chiefs drive when they they had to go score a touchdown, uh, I think they had like a was there a pass interference or something in there? Something kept that drive alive, like some kind of penalty or something. I remember. Was yeah. it? I think it was pass it, interference. Something it, happened. It was. Came on it, was first off, it was holding. It was um. Uh, wasn't pass interference. It was it was just a holding call. Something, yeah, it was. Right? But it was something that if they had not done that, they could have. Basically been done. And then I've also saw, too, I don't know how accurate this is, but uh, <clears throat> on the last play, which con- which coincidentally was the uh, the last play that the Chiefs ran, uh, I think, when they beat the Eagles last year. Um, oh, the, but, or, that, or the corn dog play. Yeah. Um, someone yeah. was saying there's an offensive lineman downfield. Uh, it should have been uh, <laughs> it should have been a penalty. I mean, there's a lot of things that – hey, listen, yeah. let's – listen, we're not taking anything away from the Kansas City Chiefs. No. But I will tell you this. There was a lot of holding calls that went unnoticed. Yeah. Bro, yo, like there all was day. Some, I was like, ooh, are they going to call that? Oh, my God. I feel like I was watching like, Duke Carolina basketball like again. tote bag. Because the Duke Carolina basketball game, they were calling no fouls like the whole night. I'm like, what is going on? Like that that's I heard that slap in my living room. You're not calling it. And it felt like they were just kind of letting them play on Sunday. If you guys uh if you're in the galley and you want to um in the gallery and you want to chime in, like Devin here, he says, I think the 49ers last eight offensive plays were seven passes, one run. You can't beat the Chiefs passing. He is right. Yeah. <laughs> where was the where's the ball spotted out on the final play? Because isn't it five yards you have to be downfield? Uh yeah, something like that. Uh and they were, you know what? 
I can go probably find a picture while we're doing it. I don't think it would have mattered, right? If they were inside the five. I don't think it would have either. Uh I don't I thought they were at like the three or the four. So I mean if they were at the three or the four, then I don't even think it'd be possible for illegal man downfield. Uh they did uh and shout out to uh defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes for San Francisco because the the San Francisco uh, defense held Kansas City to three points basically over three quarters. They didn't score they didn't score on any turnovers. Right. They, they didn't score any turnovers. Yeah, uh, that's the biggest problem for the 49ers is that yeah, they didn't score they did that, on any uh, CMC had that early fumble um when they drove all the way down the field and then um uh they, they punched the ball out on somebody else again and they couldn't convert. You're right. Uh in a game that tight, you gotta convert those turnovers. You can't live you can't give Pat Mahomes air, and that's kind of what they did. When they got to the fourth quarter, I was like Mm, like, I heard my voice and I said, don't bet against Pat Mahomes after January. I was like, you yeah, guys I, heard, I, heard, I heard your voice all you? throughout that game. And I'm <laughs> just thinking to myself, man, look, Patty Mahomes, I'm never doing it again. The truth, man. He's the damn truth. So now that actually leads me to uh, the question I was thinking of when that game ended. Has Mahomes entered? Forget the whole, has he caught Brady yet? Because he hasn't. He ain't caught Brady yet. He's mm-hmm. on He's on the road. He, he's He sees his, head, his uh, taillights, but he hasn't caught him yet. But has Mahomes hit 90s Jordan level of dominance in terms of as long as he's oh, yeah. healthy and playing, no one in this conference is eating. <laughs> like no one can get to the Super Bowl because well, of Pat Mahomes. Well, here's what makes it more impressive. He's got Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. I mean, just quarterback after quarterback. In Justin Herbert's in this division. Like Jordan didn't have that kind of murderer's row yeah. in the Eastern uh, Conference back then. Well, if I count the whole 90s, so like he kept, I'm thinking all the stars he kept from getting to, so Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller, Gary uh, Payton. Gary Payton. If he played a full season, no one ate in the 90s. Like if he played a full season, yeah. like, people will throw the Orlando Magic in my face for, all right, he played 40 games or whatever before that series or 14 or whatever it ended up being. The next year will happen <laughs> when he played a full season. They, they won 72 games. He won all the awards. He won MVP of everything. And then he beat that Orlando team. That was a sixty-game winner itself. Like, it, I think Mahomes has gotten to this point. Like, here's here's the only knock, and I and I I say this with that Jordan is in my question the goat of NBA. But the one season that he did not play, Scottie mm-hmm. Pippen and the Bulls were still damn good. But they weren't as good, right? And, they weren't as good. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, this is the debate I get with people all the time. The uh, the people that try to frame LeBron up with Jordan. That is true. That was a good team in 94, but that was literally the roster from the 93 championship team without Jordan. And they added Kukoc. So like it literally, there wasn't a lot of fall off and they only got to the Eastern conference semifinals who they got beat by Patrick Ewing and the Knicks. So I see where you're saying, I see where you're going, but mm. (laughs) let me me say this too with the ending of that game. Am I the only one that thought they were crazy as hell for not calling a timeout? Who? Uh, Kansas City. I mean, the clock was running. They had two timeouts. If they don't get that right there, they have three seconds left. Yeah. They were, it was like they were trusting that everything was just going to work out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you take a timeout, you at least give yourself three cracks at the end zone. I don't know. It's almost like they they just knew it was going to work because I'm like, why the hell are they letting this thing run all the way down? Confidence, man. Confidence. Yeah, it's, they got uh, them where they want them. Yeah, mousetrap. 
And like I said, they were in the same play. They're they're in the same cheese right there. We just put the cheese there and they took (laughs) (laughs) just thinking back on that game. Uh, Pacheco stands out to me, angry running, just running angry. Um, yeah, trying to think. I love, I love the fact that they, after his fumble, like they, you know, they're just showing on the sideline and, and you can actually see, you know, how that team actually rocks and how they actually respond to controversy. You like not everybody going over there and saying, Hey man, you got this. It's like, no, he, he's got this, <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, <laughs> cause you know, when you, whenever a player, you know, fumbles or throws an interception or whatever it is, bad play. I like to be left alone. Yeah, don't, don't come over here talking to me. And so like, you can really, you can really see the identity of that team is there's their, uh, their identity is a bunch of dogs that want to make plays and that can make plays and have the confidence um, that they can actually do those things. And so seeing him, seeing the sideline after that, you know, no one came up to him. You know, people are just kind of, you know, sitting next to him just as usual. And those are all good signs of a, of a good locker room, a good oh. sideline. Zach makes a great point about the clock and uh, Skyler's t- uh, question about the timeouts. They weren't worried about the clock since there was second overtime this year. That's right. It didn't, it wasn't going to run out at the end of the overtime period. It would have just been like the second quarter. Yeah, but they were down. Yeah. They were down. Uh, so I don't really know. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they, you they got a point. <laughs> it's like, well, what were they doing? Um, but yeah, they were kind of playing. It did feel like San Francisco, some of the players did not understand the overtime rules that they felt like the time ran out and they were up. That was it, you know, done deal. But no, it's a whole new game, like zero zero, like four quarters type deal. So um healthy burrow is a problem for the Chiefs. You want, uh, you want me to bring my, my weekly Debbie Downer for the Go. for the show? <laughs> Go for I it. Stu, Stu loves this part every week. But uh, <laughs> watching the Super Bowl, and I mean it's kind of obvious when you're talking about a two and fifteen team, but just goes to show you how far the Panthers have to come. Dude, so much time they had blocking like the quarterbacks. Yeah. Both of them. Like I was amazed by it. Like it's this this roster, I think like we talked about the depth issues before, but it's not just the depth issues. Like you have to go get some bona fide dudes. And right now yeah. this roster only has a handful. Dogs. Some dogs, yeah. Dan Morgan would say, and this with no first round pick. I, I mean, and I'm not saying just the one first round pick would do it, but like this is gonna. And I, I think I talked about a couple weeks ago. It's gonna be like a three year thing. If if they go the route that San Francisco did, and that seems to be the plan, San Francisco is like vultures to me. Like they kind of they they loom around, and like whenever a team has like a guy that was maybe he was drafted really high, he's not panning out. They pounce on it and they get him for like pennies on the dollar. And then he turns yeah. into a star. Chase Young. Chase Young, like you said, they got him for a second round pick in the middle of the year from, from Washington, who was falling apart at the time. They fleeced us with CMC. They got him in the middle of the year. Everyone thought he was injury prone. They didn't have to give up a first for him. They have built their team like that with pieces to fill in, where now it's like the, the talent level's over the top. And Chase Young's still in his rookie deal, if I'm not mistaken. Uh CMC's already signed. Like they don't. They're not losing a whole lot. You can. I don't say you can replace a Brandon Ayuk, but it wasn't like he was the, the first, second, or third option uh, on the offense. I mean, they're they're set up to go uh, here for walks. I don't know what Philly's doing. It feels like Philly's doing a soft reset almost. Um, you see, Hassan yeah. Reddick is uh, at permission for a trade. Would you go after Hassan Reddick? Try to bring I him back here. Just posted on my Twitter 
why it makes zero sense for the <laughs> yeah I got the i just did the article before the show so <laughs> well he's what 29 i think 30 he'll be 30 next september well he's only here because of his relationship with rule though right like isn't that why he can't i think what you have to do is you have to really take a a, a look at what you have this offseason on your roster because we have some good players it's yeah. not like we're a totally we're not a total dud but what you do have to do is you have to be active at all times as far as the free agent pool as for, as far as you know different scenarios as far as trade values and and trade you know opportunities that's exactly what 49ers have done they've been building continuously it's yeah. not just an off season thing it's not just you know a draft thing this is a hmm this makes sense right now. Like, let's go and get this guy right now. And if it don't that, work, we lost and, the second. And, yeah. and, and I love how they've been active the last three years in that department. You look at you know, going after CMC, bringing him to the Niners. You got Chase Young. Um, you know, those are two – ele- those are just two examples of, you know, finding guys that fit – what they, you know, are, are, you know, their goals and their needs. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk, you're just talking about him. Like he is probably the third or fourth option on the team, but it's because you have Christian, you have Debo, you have Kittle, uh, Kittle and then you have himself. And you, so three or four, right. I would call him three because obviously he has yeah. more catches here than yeah. Kittle. Um, but when you have guys, you build a roster like that, that's what makes you good. Because now defense is just kind of like, all right, which one, who do I cover, coach? Like, who, like who, do, who do we need to help on? Like, who do we need to double team? There's two, guys, really that we should probably, there's two guys that we probably should double team here, but which one do we pick? <laughs> we can't double both. <laughs> and, it's the same, and, and, it, and it becomes the same thing for the Chiefs because – if you look at the Chiefs and, and their roster, they're not they're not screaming, oh, amazing all-star talent. But when you talk about speed, who do we cover? Because if yeah. we don't cover this guy, he gonna leave me in the dust. They went and got their boy McCall Hardman from the they Jets. They went on back, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they and that was a mid-season situation. That was a continuous execution on the front office of making sure their roster is being completed by the time they get to the playoffs. He wanted and to come so, back too. Yeah, he wanted and, to come and, back And, and, and pivotal moments, it, it's what value do you place on players? Because if this guy can help us win one game, that's all that matters. If he can help us win one game, and, and that's how you see them strapping up their offense and their defense – is with that same mentality. It's like, hey, look, you're not going to play this good. You're not going to play probably in six for six games. <laughs> you're not going to get the ball for six games. Who knows? But you're going to help us win one game at least. And and who caught the game winning touchdown? McCall Harmon. And McCall he didn't even Harman. know it was the game winner. My understanding, like when he caught it, he didn't realize overtime was over and the game was over uh, when he caught the yeah. ball. So he probably uh, was in. He was probably distraught, just like everybody else. <laughs> oh, <what's happening? laughs> I was going to ask real quick before we get out of here, uh, a little shortened version uh, today. 
I was going to ask about the commercials like we usually do after the Super Bowl, but to be honest, I wasn't really impressed with a lot of the commercials this year. It felt they like watching honestly. Yeah, uh, uh, Timu or whatever that the joint that's like a uh, like a cheaper version of Wish, where like everything's like ninety nine cent. They had to spend so many ninety nine cent buys because they were they had so many commercials that ran through the sewer. They were like a sponsor. Yeah. I was like, how do they have the money to do this? They ran like twelve. They, commercials so they have. Sewer. I'm I'm really actually disappointed in the commercials because you have so much money. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mess it. I'm gonna tell you why we mess it. They have so much money, but they can't find anybody creative. You're, yeah, <laughs> you mean to tell me you got a whole year What's, to figure out what this commercial is going to be, and it's going to you're going to spend millions of dollars. I'm trying to, to put something on so that way it can be memorable. I don't remember any commercial besides Beyonce's commercial. I was going to say the Beyonce one, the Botus or whatever. She's running to be the Beyonce of the United States, and then yeah. what did she do? As soon as that commercial ended, she dropped two country songs. Bam! Here you go. Take them. Boom. See what you want. That's why she's yeah. been wearing cowboy hats the past like yeah, that's month. That's why she went blonde. She wearing blonde yeah, she hair. Went, she's going country. Like and everybody's kind of laughing. Oh, she's trying to do Taylor Swift. She blah blah blah. This is and she's from okay. Texas, so it goes too, right? Yeah, she's from Texas. Like she grew up in this. So let her do what she's going to do. She's Beyonce. I mean, if there was anyone in the world I felt like could challenge Taylor Swift in terms of you think Drake go whatever this is. Yeah, like, yeah. You <laughs> see her. You see what she's doing too. Maybe maybe that was one of her little jabs mm-hmm. at at. at uh, I'm telling you, Taylor Swift. Like, oh, you think you the icon? Look at this. Oh, I, I was just resting. I, I was watching my kids. I can, I can do this. I can. I can actually do this too. I can just drop it in the Super Bowl and see what happened. Like, and apparently, yeah. people went to go listen to it. My wife said she went to go look for it yesterday. I was like, I, yeah. I, I wasn't going to look for it, but it'll come across Shoot. my my range. I'm gonna be looking. I'm, I'm gonna go look for it right after this. <laughs> and then I'm, finally, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, gonna put my, I'm gonna put my daughter on. Hey, listen. <laughs> finally, uh. Taylor Usher. Swift is great, but Beyonce is off the chain. Yeah, Beyonce, the bonus. Like you need to get with her. Um, so Usher's halftime show. Thoughts on that? Where do you rank it all time? Because uh, it was better than Rihanna. Oh, Skylar. Oh wow. boy. Don't. Hey, listen. <laughs> oh hey. no. Here we go, man. If I had <laughs> a show with it, I'm gonna send somebody, <laughs> send somebody over there. Like, I sure what they need to do. They need to sign up. Yet. They need to create a, a Grubhub op- option. <laughs> Uh, someone to go deliver a slap to people. <laughs> just show up at your I, I can just see it now. Too. <laughs> next next so time I'm walking it in the halls of Bank America Stadium, Stu he's going to get that clap across the head. <laughs> well, what did look. you like about it? Like, I, I will say Alicia Keys was completely unnecessary. They didn't. They didn't. Yeah, I, didn't I don't know. Like <laughs> Super Bowl shows, and and this is just me sounding like I'm trying to get off my rock. Like ten years ago, I think the Super Bowls were the Super Bowl halftime shows were better. They were just an actual show, people singing. Like, there will never be another Prince halftime show. Usher was singing. Usher he, was singing. He was. He was. But what I'm saying is, like, and dancing. it was about and the doing actual, flips. He was on roller skates. It was about the actual <laughs> and roller skating. <laughs> what it's, what, it's, more, it's what more can you ask for as out of, out it, of a, uh, a performance? He's a grown right? man that got out of roller skates. It had to be in like eight seconds. Like I he literally know. got off them skates so fast. It just didn't get me going. I'm sorry. Like it just did. I can't. People always say Prince is number one, but they can never tell me what else happened in that performance other than him playing Purple Rain in the rain at the very end. Like and I feel like it catapults it, which I'm fine with. I'm a huge Prince fan, and Purple Rain's one of my favorite songs of all time. So that's iconic. But that was one part of the entire thing. Nothing yeah. is touching Dr. Dre and Friends like to me. That, you know, that, was, that was a good. That was a good one. There was like 350 million albums sold on that stage at the same time. Like was I don't know if we'll ever get that again. Was that the LA one? 
Yeah, and they were in I'll, LA. I'll say, I'll <laughs> say in LA. If you want to break it down to categories, iconic wise, Prince, the most iconic person to ever perform at a I mean yeah. Whitney Houston's Michael Jackson. You know, well, Whitney never did it halftime, but Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson did the first I mean, one. there's a lot there, right? So <laughs> yeah. but man, Jack, you know. recent times, man, listen, Usher's up there in top five. I yeah, I'll put him top five. I, I had like Dr. Dre and Friends, Prince, uh, the 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 Beyonce one in New Orleans when the the electricity went out. Um, yeah, she did formation and something else. Uh, and then they had we had like the delay because the power wouldn't come back home. That that was right. right there. And then uh, Usher. And then you start getting in the weeds because they had some weird ones where like they had acts that didn't Bruno go together. Mar- Bruno Mars didn't do too bad either because he was singing live and dancing. No. Wasn't Beyonce with him? The weekend was one. The weekend uh, did the one. weekend was the worst. I yeah. hated that. Now listen, <laughs> that, was that was the awful. absolute worst. <laughs> the where they recreated time. him like in the room with the mirrors, and he's like, <laughs> like "Dude, where are you? Are you in a box somewhere? Do you need help? Do you need help out? <laughs> are you in a are you in a, uh, a balled up piece of paper right now? Somewhere? <laughs> they did. They did. Uh, there was one year way back. They did Britney Spears in sync. Aerosmith. Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. Justin Jackson. There's only Justin one answer for next yeah. year. It's got to be Little Wayne, right? New Orleans. Man, that would be dope. Oh, it's in New that Orleans. Would be dope. Yeah, Just do dope. cash money. Just do cash but money. We Book know what it'll be two years from now, right? Where Where are they? Taylor Swift. Mm. She's been asked before. She keeps turning it down, which is you know, I mean, they don't get paid to do it, but she won't turn I, it down now. I yeah. promise you this. Uh, Usher woke up today with more money in his bank account because everybody started streaming all those songs again on Spotify and iTunes and stuff. That's where the money comes from. Like yeah, you get a bounce got 50, in the streaming. Got Fifty-two million. Uh, oh, and I will say, shout out to my beautiful wife Jennifer, who who called out about forty-five minutes before the halftime show. She was like, "Look, Alicia Keys sings flat or sharp and in live, and I promise you, she, she's going to have a crack in her voice." Soon as she starts singing, and lo and behold, the very first note Alicia King sang <laughs> was a crack. And she just looked at me. Man. She looked at me. Critiquing, like, oh, no. critiquing these folks, like, look, Alicia Keys was probably performing throughout the whole week of Super Bowl. No, nah, it sounded like she hadn't performed at all, like in like a year or so, and just hopped up there with no vocal check. It was like, oh, Alicia yeah, Keys, Alicia I don't need Keys no vocal check. Relax. <laughs> Did y'all think Usher was being a little fresh for her? You know, she's married to Swiss Beats. What'd you say? She's married to Swiss Beats. <laughs> he was being kind of fresh. <laughs> He's kind of touching oh, rubbing yeah. things. Like I, I'm sitting at home, married man. Like, bro, Swiss. Ah, I, uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it, we can't get into them people's business like that. <laughs> uh, but you know, they was performing. They was performing. How, it was performing. I mean, if, if he was watching a TV show or a movie. And you saw some business go down, you'd be like, you wouldn't be thinking to yourself, oh, that person's that's, married. That's true. That's true. I can't get caught up in that. <laughs> that's what he opened up with. It was caught hey. up there. <laughs> Although I have, you know what? I actually think, you know, a lot of those types of things and scenes, I don't know why those even exist. Like, do we really like, like believe to watch that... a show or a movie for those clippings? Or are we looking for the actual story? I don't know. Hmm. That's a discussion um, the... for another podcast. <laughs> Cage Luke Mister says I was not thinking about Alicia Keys' voice. Me, <laughs> my mom was all over the place. The book, the game was boring at that point. Like it was, it was a defensive struggle. So we was. I want to go back. I want to go back to Kyle Shanahan for a sec. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan, you know, there's a lot of, you know, roar 
because of recent times of his experiences in the Super Bowl. Um, was the Patriots and the Falcons? That was an overtime game, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. That was the first overtime game in Super Bowl history. Yeah, they down twenty eight three. I mean, he's, he's the ball. He's the first coach to have two overtime games to lose. You're right. Wow. Wow. But I mean, look at his career. <laughs> wow. But look at but look at his career. I mean, he's young, man. Look. Mm-hmm. He's still got a <laughs> lot of he's got a lot of coaching to do. Um, and then you look at Andy Reid. Andy Reid. He couldn't win when he was in, when he was in Philly, they was calling for that man's head. Yeah, and that was what like I mean, you had Donovan years ago. Mab, you had Three. you know Three you had you had some guys, right? Westbrook, like so. I mean, there's just so much comparison there that I think people need to talk about more, right? Like where we call for guys' heads, but don't be that guy that has a receipt to turn over when they start winning, yep. because they are primed to win. You got the you got the you got the the roster. I see them for the next three years being like like absolute contenders. If they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs again, they're not going to win. No, I can tell you that. <laughs> that can hurt you. That, that got you. That hurt you. I'm not. I'm not betting against Pat. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes ever again. It don't matter ever. who he's throwing to, who he's handing off to. It, it just don't matter. Um, like if I know, you are, I know, uh, if, if you are a betting person, if you have a fan duel or bet on sports. <laughs> Bet what's online. what's the thing that we bet online? Bet online. <laughs> if you are betting online <laughs> at Bet Online, yeah, there it is. Make sure that you just place your bet on the side of Patrick Mahomes. Whatever Make Patrick Mahomes is doing and whatever they're asking, whether he's gonna do or not do, always bet that he's gonna yes. do it. <laughs> yes, and you your percentage of winning will just go up. Okay, so. Um, oh, that's man. the I learned this, this Super Bowl, and I hope y'all learned something too. So, so right, so before we get out of here, real quick, special announcement. Um, we thought about it. We we're like, well, what are we going to do this offseason? Because after they hire the coaches, there's a little gap before the draft, and uh, what can we do that'll actually be something fun for Panther fans to kind of be involved with? And so we we landed on we are going to build the ultimate Panthers 52 man roster of all time, and the way this will work. Um, if you're not following already, go to Instagram. Uh, follow us there at Believe in Carolina Panthers or go to Twitter and follow us at Believe in Panthers. We'll have polls up each week for de- for different positions. And basically, we're going to put up, if it's the linebackers, you're going to have everybody from Sam Mills, Dan Morgan, John Beeson, Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, and you'll get to pick multiple ones. And the top two or three or whatever for each position will make the roster. Each week, we'll, we'll focus on a specific group and uh, kind of go through the nominees, talk about the players, figure out what it is. And ultimately, by the time we get to Hopefully, by the time we get to the draft, we'll have an actual hardcore Panther 52-man roster of all time that the fans selected. It won't be me. It won't be Skyler. It won't be Stu. We'll just kind of mm-hmm. either make fun of your picks or we'll cheer them. <laughs> but either way, they're all Panthers, um, and we'll be able to do that there. So definitely watch out for that. Go follow us on Twitter. Uh, again, my Twitter got hacked. So if you're following uh, DZ underscore 3505, 
let me know what's going on because whoever took it, they blocked me. So now I can't even see <laughs> what's going on when they realized I realized what was going on. You're promoting I typed in. every day. As well. Yeah, <laughs> I typed it. I was like, hey, what are you doing with my account? And then the next thing I know, it was like, you are blocking on it. And if you're wondering <laughs> why it's only a 52 man roster, well, that's because JJ Jansen's got long snapper locked up. So. Oh, he's locked. He's in. Locked yeah, he's up. in there. So, like, we're not even going to worry about uh, figuring that one out. Um, but that'll start probably next uh, episode. Um, we'll probably be back next week. Uh, we took last week off, so uh, it depends on when Believe gets our graphics together and all that stuff. But we'll have all that together uh, soon. And so shout out to early. the new coaching staff that's being built right now, too. Running backs coach, I really love that for the room. I like what they're um, doing. I love what he did in Oakland when he was there with Latavius Murray. That was a year that Latavius Murray was having an, an insane football season and basically got put on the map. So whatever he did there, I'm excited to see him do that here in the Carolinas for our boy Chuba the, um, and whoever the, else is in the backfield. The last thing I'll say, too, uh, watching the Super Bowl, especially San Francisco, um, it made me – well, not realize, it made me remember. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coaching relationships are so important. Like, you can't just slap a coaching staff together like they tried to do last year. Like, the, the guys that, that work underneath Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid – have been there for a while like they're there for a reason and you can see the trust amongst them all when they're when they're doing whatever they got to do we didn't have that last year and it's blatantly obvious so hopefully by starting at the very top with dan and uh, and dave having that relationship and it kind of branching out to who they're bringing in they're kind of building something similar i can kind of see what they're doing they're they're kind of modeling the 49er thing uh with how they built that team so we'll see how that goes but uh skylar had to hop off we're about to hop off as well again follow our social media to keep track of the ultimate 52 uh that'll be coming up here soon you'll be able to participate in those uh for skylar callahan for jonathan stewart this is desmond johnson we you've been watching and listening to believe in carolina panthers podcast here on believe podcast networks keep it thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.